2: Hello and welcome to the Queen Pod, a podcast all about the incredible rock group Queen. My name is Simon Lupton, and joining me is a man who loves Queen more than Roger's new purple shoes have been amazing. The people next door—it's <laughs> Rohan Acharya.
0: I'm loving these. Are you finding them quite different? Like, how long are you spending writing these things? They are starting to take slightly, right? slightly longer. Eat for your bat. Yes.
2: No, I, I'm aware easy. of that.
0: I but have to do three of them before. At least you only have to do one. Yeah. No.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No. So I'm not. I'm not complaining. But it is that kind of thing. Of oh, I know. Roe likes a bit of teenament funster. <laughs> so let's go there. Yeah, I'm see all in. What we, what we can get. I'm all in. That was my favourite one so far. I think. Oh. Well, it's a fact. Fr- you, you love that song. Don't yeah, you? I do. I yeah. do. I love. I love it. Yes. <laughs> um. But and I am actually it did get me thinking. Do you, Do you think you could get away with a pair of purple shoes? Oh. Have well, you yeah. ever had purple
0: shoes? Well, I tell you what. I don't think I've met a hat I can't get away with.
2: Oh, okay. I'm not that I'm a
0: hat guy. I just, I know that if you, I, I, I have such handsome features <laughs> that if you put any kind of sunglasses on me, they'll always work. Right. If you put any kind of hat on me, they'll always work. Fundamentally on the shoe level, I just wear sketches because they've got memory foam soles. Yeah, no, it's I like know. walking yeah, around yeah. on bed, so I'm very happy with that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I could, I mean, I had some electric blue high tops at one point. Ah. So I think I could probably carry off some purple. I love purple. Yeah. It's a great color. It is a great color. I always do my little, you know, script notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Never do script notes in red, guys.
2: It really no, upsets people. it looks angry. I always do mine in purple. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think you could I think you could make it work. Thank you. I put a hat on, I just look like Stan Laurel. So yes. <laughs> Whereas when you take the hat off, you just look like Stan. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on, as always, we are being assisted by <laughs> producer Sam. Hello, Sam. Greetings. There we go. Today oh, we are going to be God. celebrating the return of We Will Rock You, the rock theatrical, Greetings. which is coming back to London, and we have a very special guest that we are excited about. Yes, we um, are. But before we raise the curtain on that particular chat, so nice. Guys, let's find out if Queen are the
1: champions. Hey.
2: Right, this is the part where we get to share a moment where Queen either intentionally or unexpectedly crept into our lives. Um, I don't Row. Ro, yeah, has that happened to you this week? <laughs> Let me set the theme. <laughs> Please do.
0: <laughs> all right. This is this is a difficult one. This is a really difficult one. Do you remember? Right back the first year that we started doing all of this on Zoom, mm-hmm. and at Christmas, you got a load of Queen Pod mugs made. Yes. Right? I don't know how many you made. Was it six? It it? wasn't many, yeah. You have one. Yeah. John has one. Suze has one. I've got one. Well, Charles has got one. one And Sam's got one. Sam hasn't got one. Because not very long ago, I hadn't had much sleep. I wandered into the kitchen. And what was it? Was I just reaching across to the sink? I can't Can't remember remember. exactly how it happened. But my God, I knocked (sighs) one of the two queen pod mugs off the kitchen counter. And it has shattered, and ended in the bin. So one of these six—there is only six in the world. I know the listeners out there wish we issue them, but merchandising is like a massive ball eight guys. Leave us alone. <laughs> <though. So, laughs> one day. So yeah, sadly, I broke. I mean, we've got two of them in the house. Sam had one, and I had yeah. mine. And sadly, I, I broke Sam's. How do you know it was Sam's? We've that not had that bro- conversation. So that's why you still have one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is a really sad story to start this episode. You asked
0: if I had a queen moment. Yeah. But the upside is I've still got one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Sam's got a lot more life to live. Yeah. I've. I will get it eventually. (laughs) And uh yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Get
1: it <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: That's really sinister.
0: <laughs> that's, that's seriously backfired. That's He's that's right. become my existential moment of the week suddenly. Yeah. But yeah, we're a Queen Pod mod down then. <laughs> oh no. I know, I know, I know. I <laughs> know. Oh, I'm sorry guys. That is the truth.
2: Oh wow. That is the truth. That's what okay. I have for you this week. You need to watch out now, because you know, or, or put in your will that Sam doesn't necessarily <laughs> Do you know, uh, get the mug. Just for the record, I am joking. Obviously, I broke my mug, <laughs> and <laughs>
0: Sam still has his because he didn't break a bloody mug. Like you know, I'm not just being. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> well, let's get stuck into We Will Rock You, Whoa. the rock theatrical.
1: right now between 2002
2: and 2014 a magnificent statue of freddie graced the entrance to the dominion theater in london's west end where we will rock you the rock theatrical enjoyed a truly remarkable record-breaking run For those of you who saw it, either at the Dominion or on one of its many residences or tours around the world, you don't need me to remind you what a fantastic experience it is. Standing ovations every night and audience members returning time and again for repeat viewings is testament to how great the show was and how much it meant to Queen fans. For the last nine years since the curtain last fell on We Will Rock You at the Dominion, let's be honest, London has become a quiet, drab place. But that's, my friends, is about to end as from June, the Coliseum will host a 12-week run of a brand new production of the show. This is obviously something Ro and I wanted to chat about and celebrate on the (laughs) Queen pod, so that's what we're going to do. Now, when the show was first conceived, if you're going to create a musical that is packed with the songs from a band as legendary as Queen, then you need a writer who is also a legend to create the book. And so to chat all things we will rock you, Ro, Sam and I are... I think it's fair to say beyond thrilled <laughs> to be able to say that joining us now by the power of a zoom link is that legend mr ben elton ben it's so lovely to see you i'd
0: love to see you on the one show
4: oh wow yeah that was, was that brilliant. was exciting i mean being there with brian and roger you never <laughs> you never really get over that yeah
0: that was so proper. You three of you just looked amazing. You're all so comfortable together as well. It was just brilliant. It's been 21
4: years, you know. I mean, I, I still... Bloody. It's funny. I was I was talking to someone about this only yesterday. We are doing an interview, actually, obviously. Um, and they were saying, you know, you say, you, you know, you never really get over the fact that you're working with your heroes. And and funnily enough, I was thinking it actually gets more so. I mean, when I first started doing, working on We Were Rocking, I guess I was at my most successful, you know, which yeah. was as successful as Queen. But, you know, at the time it was just the end of the 90s. And, you know, I was directing a feature film with Hugh Laurie. I was writing a musical with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And my stand up was, you know, very big. And it wasn't like I think, hey, I'm equal to this or anything. But, you know, it just at the it's time, kind of, we were all working too hard for me to really realize just, how incredible it was that I was just sat there chatting with Queen about their songs. And as the years go by, I, I, I actually, it's almost my awe is growing in sort of reverse. It's like, I get, <laughs> like when we did the one show, I really was thinking, God, I'm I'm sat here with Brian May and Roger Taylor. And they are my friends, but they are also still heroes. They really are yeah. They're part of my youth, you know.
0: Did you know them before the whole We Were Rocky thing? Did you know them from bad news and stuff like that?
4: I'd met Brian. Um, right. Because of the comic strip connection. I mean, as you know, I was never in the comic strip, but I was friends with quite a lot of the yeah. members of the comic strip. And when Aid, who's one of my very, very closest friends, wrote Bad News, that's uh, so when I did meet Brian. and We actually, we had fun on some bus, you know, the, the bus that got us from somewhere to somewhere because of some filming or bad news or something. And... Uh, we started sort of throwing pop questions at each other, you know, who's the oldest and the youngest Beatle, you know, it's Ringo. He's the oldest, but he was also the most recent, <laughs> that kind of thing. And Right, we're having, right, right. And uh, so I, I did know Brian and I knew he was a truly lovely, gentle, considerate man who, you know, airs and Grace, funny, he's now a knight because, I, you know, he really is not <laughs> yes. a man who has Ayers and graces. So, yeah, I met him, but i, I mean, not in any other sense. than we had a fun chat on a bus, um, but we, when I met <laughs> Brian and Roger together with Jim at Roger's house in about 2000, I think, it was an instant connection. Wow. I mean, we became friends at once. Um, wow. We had a wonderful, lovely, talk over the idea i'd come up with it was two yeah no two thousand and we were sort of friends and kind of colleagues at the end of the meeting you know we're right we're doing this let's do it and and jim said to me he said you do know he's not jim's not quite as benign and gentle as tom hollander was in the movie Jim <laughs> was a very tough bloke he was a lawyer originally he was a lovely man but you know he said you do know you do realize ben as far as I'm, we're concerned now, you're in the band and that means, you know, it's a demo. so we outvote up- you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where, you know, if you're in the band, everyone gets a vote in Queen. So I get a vote and we were Rocky, but of course, you know, I, don't, I only get one and there's, there's Jim yeah. and there's Martin. <laughs> so what Jim didn't realise was Brian and Roger and I were going to get very, very close. So it was, there was, there was never a question of them against me. You know, we were brothers of from course. the start, including Jim. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. was a lovely collective and, yeah. i met met uh, Adam Lambert a couple of times. He was a beautiful man, and, a, and it's a fantastic uh, new and wonderful part of the Queen's story, his involvement. Uh, but I, I was happy to tease him to say I, I joined the band 20 years before you did. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was at the last night that you did at the Dominion Theatre. So when that finished, did you, you feel that that was the end or did you always have a sense that the show would, would be back in the West End at some point.
4: Oh, unquestionably. I mean, we were still doing a 1,000 seats a day, even at that point, and it was a bit of a dip. There was a recession coming um, at that point, 2014, I think, um, but you know, as I remember Phil McIntyre, the producer said, I can't do a, a, a well, I can't. <laughs> All right, bell. What you need is a theatre <laughs> concertina, you know, you want you can have two thousand seats on a Friday and a Saturday and then squeeze it and there's only seven hundred on a Monday and a Tuesday. Now you had that theatre, we'd still be open. The problem is the Dominion was nearly three thousand seats, and that you know, at that point, um, I think, actually, frankly, you know, if we could have held on, it would have picked up, it ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. you know, so often. But the Dominion is the biggest theatre in London. It's even bigger than the Colosseum. But we we knew the demand. I mean, as I say, I mean, the, you know, the weeks we were closing, there were still 7,000 tickets a week. But the break even on We Will Rock You is such a... It's what people, they don't have to think this, but, you know, a lot of people go, oh, my God, you know, you must have made so much money. Yeah, and everybody did very well. But the truth of the matter is that, like most big musicals, they cost almost everything to run. I mean, the profit is at the very top. It's in the last ten percent of the seats you sell, because the rest yeah. of it is paying is paying to stand still. So you can be doing a thousand seats a night as we were doing at Dominion, and and losing money. And of course, mm. you lose money long enough. You have to you have to re- rethink, and sometimes shows downsize a bit. Like Les Mis, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fantastic new production, but they you know they. have They've reimagined it in a, in a way whereby mm. they basically, frankly, you know, do it cheaper, which is fine. I mean, that's great because the music is what's important. And I mean, I've got I don't know what I'm sure Karen probably up, it's not cheaper. It's even bigger. It's even worse. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm nearly saying at that point we were saying what we need to do is, you know, not have 36 on stage. We need to have 24 on stage. And we, we probably can't afford the spinning table at this point. But we're at the Dominion. You know, and these things are very practical. But anyway, to get all the way back to your <laughs> question. Um, yeah, we absolutely knew we shouldn't be closing. We should be running. So many people want to see this show, but practically we have, you know, there's an issue right now. Mm. I think we thought we'd be back sooner, but we've had so much else to do. I've, you know, I've, I do I do have another job, you know, other jobs. We <laughs> yeah. got involved in the movie and that, that took up so much of their time and attention. And there were productions of We Will Rock You elsewhere, you know, Mm. there's still all the crew productions and we've had uh, a big tour, I did a UK tour last year of it and there's, you know, it's in Germany again so no, we never I mean, it's musicals of the scale of a hit that We Will Rock You was don't ever die because Mm. they're always there people can put them on, I mean, there's amateur production schools will rock you all over the world and there are other producers doing it now, I mean, it's like if you want to put on Oliver, you just have to pay the rights sure. to the to, to Cameron in fact um, and you can put it on and actually the same goes for Rock You but we also still put on We Will Rock You because we do it best and the productions I direct of course the comedy I believe is tuned up to its ultimate yeah. degree Yeah. so we always expected we'd bring it back to London and I think we're probably a bit surprised it's taken seven years um, but on the other hand I think I definitely think it's going to be worth the wait because coming back we needed a suitable theatre and the Colosseum couldn't really be better yeah. uh, to come back on the scale that we want to come back at. Yeah. Uh, so I'm directing a new production right now. And it is a new production. And there's, as always, some new bits and pieces of script and some new ideas in there. And there's even two new songs in it. That, well, not new songs, but two songs that are new to We Will Rock You from The oh, Great. And- really?
2: We- oh, that's yeah. really exciting.
4: Yes, oh, no. We, wow. Uh, Brian, Brian and Roger and I, I mean, obviously it's there, they, they're in total charge of the music, but I, I said, I always tune up the script, let's look at the score, can we can we get any more Queen music in, and we found ways, and so, uh, uh, The Show Must Go On is now in there, and it's yes. entirely uh, you'll have to come and see it, to find out how wow. yeah. and why, um, uh, and Don't Stop Me Now, which was always only just a sort of joke in the show, because mm. they... It gets stopped just as yeah. it starts. It yeah, stops, yeah, yeah. And then it stops. Well, we do that joke, but then we sing the song.
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that gets everyone out of their seats. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We've won! Yes, well, unfortunately, it's Now. Um, I don't mean to, you said that I need to add. Don't to... stop me, cause I'm having a good time. Having a good time, I'm a new star. New new star. The time oh. I'm the world
0: What's it like directing yourself in the new production of <laughs> <laughs> <We'll> Rocky?
3: <you. laughs> Pops, uh, your, the leader.
4: your listeners may be or may not be aware that I have uh, outrageously cast myself. I, <laughs> I auditioned very well. The director was delighted. Uh, the director offered me the role, and I'm pleased to say I accepted it. Um, <laughs> so Obviously, Brian and Roger had to, you know, they... We, we all agree, as, as it was from the moment Jim said, you do realise you're now in the band, right that moment back 22 years ago now. All decisions are the three of us. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's if I run every new line past them and they have fun, you know, it's quite fun for them that I send them. It's a lovely idea for a joke. You're like, yeah, I love that. And often they have you know <laughs> great ideas to improve it. Both of them good on a comic line. Yeah. Obviously, in terms of the casting, it sort of was a three way decision between the three of us. But. I haven't yet directed myself in it because we don't start <laughs> from the rehearsals till the 24th of April. But I've directed it so many pops, right back to Nigel, um, mm. at the beginning. Of course, I, I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but I think I know exactly what I'm doing with the character. I wrote it, I'm a comedian, it's a very much a comic character. And although I haven't done any stage acting since I was a student. And in fact, the last time I was in a stage musical was when I played The Artful Dodger in Oliver in 1973 in an amateur uh, production. Oh. Well, that's years ago. So it's a long time. But having said that, I feel pretty confident about playing the, the role. The song is daunting for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, <laughs> I can hold a tune. I mean, I I'll be in tune unless I choke and it's possible. I mean, you know as you as you probably know pop emerges there's been all these bells and whistles in the show the killer queen has just delivered this triumvirate she she delivers fat bottom girls then now the whole of don't stop me now and then um kills Khashoggi, the evil henchman in another one bites the dust so that's three beyond bangers delivered by (laughs) (laughs) with the whole company it's amazing She's a voice, a powerhouse. I mean, the only, the only, you know, she literally does not need a microphone. I mean, she's a, no. <laughs> um, and so funny, so good. And she's got this wonderful ensemble behind her, 24 of the best singers in London. I mean, British Musical Theatre is the best. And so every one of our ensemble could be playing a lead. Their voices are so good. So that's all gone on. And then then pop emerges and solo <laughs> sings the very reflective, very beautiful Roger Taylor song days of our lives. Now, I've directed that many times with many pops, and it's quite a moment because it's been huge. I mean, the audience have gone crazy at the end of, of, of Another One Bites the Dust, when, when whatever killer queen it is, but particularly Brenda Edwards or the wonderful Maz Murray in London, et cetera, um, and Brenda did two years with us in London. And, you know. yuck,
2: yeah, yuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
4: can't do it, but, you know. <laughs> another one bites the dust. Another
2: one bites the dust. Hey, hey, another one bites the dust.
4: And then he comes up. Sometimes I get the feeling, oh, I was back in the old days. And at that point, it'll be me alone on the Coliseum stage, 2,600 people. There's no backing, but back. there's no chorus. like he's absolutely alone. It's like the blowpoint of the plot, the story. Um, and he sings this very reflective, very sad song. And it's an enormous pressure, and I can't deny that I, I, I think I'll be... Um, I've, I haven't been nervous going on stage since the comedy still 40 years ago, but I think I'm going to be very nervous mm. doing that. Sometimes
1: I get to
0: thinking I was back in the old days Long ago When we were kids, when we were young Things seemed so perfect then you know, the days were endless. We were crazy, we were young. The sun was always shining, we just lived for fun. Sometimes it seems like lately, I just don't know. The rest of my life's been just a show. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I've, I've seen you grab a microphone and walk out in front of a crowd like you're just breathing air. I don't think you ever get collie wobbles, but I was mm. wondering: are you going to get collie wobbles having to walk yeah, out? I'm, It's I'm It's the singing. <laughs> I
4: mean, it's the song. I mean, as I say, I'm not. I mean, the pop yeah, doesn't course. sing until after like two. He actually opens the show with a monologue, a kind of comical monologue, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Twenty six hundred people. I you know I've been there before. I I've, I've, I've introduced Nelson Mandela at Wembley Stadium. That was 8, 000, <laughs> eighty thousand. Um. So I I know a bit about that, talking on stage, but singing yeah. on stage. You say, you've got to go yeah. back to Godalminko Hall in December 1973, the last time I did that. We were at number one with Merry Christmas Everybody, the last time I sang. Live
0: <laughs> That's pretty much every year, anyway. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, but like the, the first, first musical I, I ever saw, <laughs> the first musical I ever saw when I was six was Joseph. With Tim Curry as the oh, wow. uh, as the narrator and Paul Jones as yeah. as Joseph, and mm. I still, forty two years later, still indelibly remember every moment of that show, and it got me into. The, yeah, you know, I, and I think people are going to see it this time and see you doing that. And I I, I, I think it's really special. Well, it's special. lovely to hear it. I mean, Joseph
4: is a fantastic musical. I oh, love it. I what remember a show. It, my team, which are a lot earlier than yours. Funnily enough, we've got Lee Mead. We've got a famous, mm, uh, famous Amazing. Yeah. Playing Khashoggi, which is lovely. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a. As you know, I'm a big Lloyd Lloyd Webber fan. I love great musicals, and uh, and Joseph is just pure fun from start to finish. But but, yeah, but we will rock you. I think I have to say I think it is the greatest musical because it's got the greatest song track of any it any musical. It really does. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, it's a full on yeah. comedy. I mean, it's not a bit wry and a bit cheeky. It's a genuine comedy. It's like a comedy like Blackadder or Young yeah. Ones, so, or you know, it, it's at that uh, you know that's the sort of level of. Gag I'm looking for, and I'm really you don't always get it yeah. because you need I mean, unfortunately, I haven't got Ryan Atkinson. I'd be lovely, <laughs> he could play oh, that would be
2: amazing.
4: But uh I, I do have great performers, but you know, tuning up the comedy is always hard because you're you're having to cast of people who can sing champions and somebody to love and seven seeds of ride, but also can time a gag, and that's really hard. Uh yeah, yeah. but we've got You know, we've always done great work. And I always worked so hard on the comic timing with all the actors because the comedy is key. That's what Brian and Roger said from the first day. They said, you you know why we've asked Jim to contact you. And that's because we want a comedy. We want this show to be funny. Queen were fun. They were fun Mm -hmm. and funny. And they they had a laugh and they knew how to laugh at themselves. They never tried to be cool. Freddie was never trying to be cool. He didn't mind looking silly. And of course, that made him more super cool than anybody. You know." Yeah. And the same goes yeah. for all the band. And um, you know, comedy—it has been key to their approach to "We Will Rock You" from the start. why they—they they gave me the dream gig of my lifetime. Well, I didn't give it me. I had to earn it. I had to come up with an idea. I <laughs> liked the idea, and then they gave me the gig. And um, and the comedy is still key. But because I, you know, touch touching every form of wood, <laughs> um, yeah. I I feel I'm I'm well placed to deliver. Pop, who is the central comic role? Well, really, Scaramouche. She's, she's the feisty, you know, heroine, and she she gets a lot of good laughs. But I think Pop is really the centre of the comedy. Yeah. We're
1: oh, that's left, Scaramouche. Do you realize that the Bohemians are finished? The Heartbreak Hotel destroyed. Britney Spears died to save us.
0: The publicity shot that's just been released of you uh, me and my mate steve mcneil yesterday we looking at it going well wow, those are those are some really impressive guns <laughs> well, you are in shape <laughs> sir oh yeah my wife
4: said you're not trying to show off your arms are you i look i yeah look at that look look at that hey, there you yeah. know, it's real <laughs> that's uh, really I, good um, yeah i actually felt a bit because I did a lot of shots where I was, like, doing Peace Man and, and the Devil's Horns Man, you know. Yeah. And then they did one with folded arms. And I certainly wasn't. I didn't do, drop and do ten beforehand. <laughs> was, didn't need I to. I thought, Sophie, because she said to me, said, the one thing you've got to read, you mustn't try and look cool. And I said, I know that, so That's my wife. She <laughs> said, you know, you lost a bit of weight. You are in good shape. But don't look like you know it. And and, and I really don't. And I, But I wanted to be, you know, match fit for the for the show so i have been you know making a bit of an effort because you've got to do eight shows a week it's it's quite a thing and i'm 60 yeah. i'll be 64. i'm classic i'm a real big pop rock age i'll be paul mccartney's age of rock after 64. yeah um so i have got back in shape for it and she was she saw the photo and she said are you trying to show off your arms i said no i want you <laughs> Anyway, and I'm not flexing. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, yeah. It's I'm, just I'm,
0: natural handsomeness. It's natural one. Run-
2: <laughs> when you look at sort of the, the Queen 50-year history, which is obviously huge, and there have been lots of things that have, that have come and gone, I think now when we look back at those 50 years, the musical has become such... A huge part of that overall history now hasn't it I mean it's mm. not just oh a, a side thing that they did it's become an integral part for a long time it was the only place Queen fans could go to hear Queen music performed at the level you know that they they would expect you know that was as close to the band live yeah you must be thrilled that it's become part
4: of that canon yeah i mean it's funny i mean queen would be the first to admit that that, that when we did the musical i mean queen have always been queen and they're always going to be the colossus but they were in it i mean <laughs> dips are relative so a dip for queen is a bit different <laughs> than a dip you know around about the turn of the century you know freddie wasn't there and in a way sort of it was that awful thing that like, happened to paul mccartney you know like john is suddenly this like the angel and in a way mm. paul's still there you know, people used to sort of try and will oh, Paul's the cheesy not? No, he's a genius whose contribution to the sum of human happiness is incalculable and mm. equal to John Lennon's, but he didn't suffer the tragedy that, that, that befell John Lennon. And, and there was mm. a time around about that when, you yeah. know, like Freddie's gone, ah, it's all over. So that wasn't mm. what the fans thought. No. But that was a kind of media vibe about it sort of thing. Mm. And um, I don't know whether that's why they looked to say well look you know we still have our songs we don't have freddie but we have our songs which are part of the four of us our collective um and they certainly you know they didn't have a lead vocalist and they yeah and i think the idea was well let's the songs are still there the songs are immortal and and how can of course from the very first day they said the band is got to be the best band that's ever been in the west end mm-hmm. and the singers have got to be the best singers And that remains the case. Brian and Roger continue. Every single person who's ever been on that band platform has worked and had a session with Brian and Roger. They cast every single musician, even now, 22 years later, just as I cast everybody on the stage with them. And so we continue to work on it. I mean, Brian and Roger, you know, after one show, we had a meeting, you know, about the next production. And, you know, Brian and Roger are massively proactive. They're all over all the set designs. They're all over, particularly... orchestrations and the band etc so back in the when your question there was a time when that was i guess was a was their main job for a little while Mm, of mm, course the years have gone on you know queen have returned at a level the movie the biopic was beyond a success i mean it was one of the most successful movies ever and of course the the adam lambert as you know finding a wonderful interpreter of their songs a wonderful front person I mean, nobody pretends as and Adam's the first. That this is this isn't Freddie with Queen. This is in a way, this is Queen songs live again with Queen, um, and and Adam as the front interpreter. But don't forget that. I mean, I've seen it many times. I'm sure you have with Queen plus yeah. Adam Lambert. Mm. And you know, Brian and Roger do a lot of singing in a way. They're the rock, and he's the pop. I mean, that's probably too naff a way of doing it because God, Adam Lambert can rock. But you know what mm. I mean. He. Mm. Mm. Freddie could do it all, but between the three of them, between Brian, Roger and Adam, they sort of do it all as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's lovely to see the world. Yeah.
0: Licence to hear the best musicians of the world play. (laughs) Absolutely.
4: So it's great that Rocu is now, again, only a part of the Queen juggernaut that just steams through the 21st century as it steamed through the last three decades of the 20th century. (laughs) But yeah, there was a little time when it was the main part of the Queen Juggernaut, Mm. but I'm Mm. more than happy because Brian and Rogers, you know, my friends, my brothers, we're very, you know, we're still so close. Um, I'm so happy that there's so much else going on in the Queen universe again and, and grateful that Brian Rogers still have time to come back to We Will Rock You. Brian calls it the mothership. Mm. to come back to the mothership yes. and, and and put it on again at, at the Coliseum, as the three of us will be doing.
2: Having spoken to Brian about it, I remember those moments when he used to drop into the Dominion or often when you were on tour, he'd do the same and, and appear on stage. You know, they were so important to him. It gave him that, that moment that at the time they were missing and he loved it.
4: It's a unique element of We Will Rock You and something that I will never get over my joy in that we it's completely organic anything can happen and of course he's not there most nights but he's been there a lot of nights mm. and even Brian even Roger has played I mean Roger's less you know he's less anxious to to you know I suppose drumming is you know you've got to sit down on a big kit and all that you know it, it, but Roger's done it too you know it, and yeah. I as you know change lines and mess around with it I mean the core show is always the same the story is a great story I believe you know yeah, oh, I shouldn't it say it myself, and and the jokes, some of the jokes are, 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 will never never leave the script, they'll always be there, but the fact that we do tinker with the 5% of it constantly, and sometimes that tinkering includes a performance from Brian May and the Bohemian Rhapsody sorry, um, uh, solo, you know, it, it means that unlike any other musical in the world, Queen, Queen's musical remains like a rock gig, it's organic, it's never quite the same. I mean, it's a lot of work, it means the three of us have to you know, I mean, I've probably devoted, I would say, a quarter of my professional life since, uh, at the minimum. So that's wow. five years. I've probably been working. I've done five or six or even seven years work on Rock Rockyou <laughs> yeah. over, over the years. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm not kidding. You. I mean, I'm talking in, I'm talking in terms of days and hours here, and that's because I've directed. You know, most musicals are, you know, Sam Mendes Cabaret or Trevor Nunn, the Les Mis or whatever, you know, they direct in the West End. They do a great job. They do or on, on Broadway. But then that's it. They don't go. Again. <laughs> you know, they, 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 It gets sort of handed over to an associate director. There's a Bible that says you stand here, you say it that way. I love the Phantom of the opera, but every single phantom still holds the rose the way Michael Crawford held the rose 25 years ago, because... It's set in stone, and that's great. I mean, I quite like the fact that you see the you see the thing they created, and it's recreated every night. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, mean, I think one of them is the same. They 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 recreate it every night. Whereas in a way, we remake it every night with Rock You. I mean, only on the, on the edges, sometimes a bit more radical, you know. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but ours is very different, and I think ours is actually unique in that respect. And the fact that we've bung two new songs in yeah. to come yeah. out in London, I mean. That that just doesn't happen. I mean Andrew doesn't, yeah. you know, ring it the deer and say, Look, I've written a new a new Aria for, for Christine <laughs> to sing to the phantom in the middle of Act Two. You know, yeah. that, that doesn't happen in most musicals, you know. No. But we, we it's do. A living
0: we we... organic yeah. beast, isn't it? A living yeah.
4: beast, because rock and that... roll will never die, which means it's always living. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes.
0: seen the musical in seven years, uh, I was there with Simon for the last two performances and you had a joke in there that genuinely, it's the Tottenham Court Road joke that it, the station will never be completed <laughs> 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 and that joke lasted the full run <laughs> <laughs> so now, even seven years later, every time I get out of Tottenham Court Road station, I have a chuckle about that, every time I know, they have, they is... have
4: sort of finished it now <laughs>
0: They have. Yeah, I was going to say, have you had to work way around that one? <laughs> the Bohemian Stronghold
4: is no longer set uh, underneath Topical Road because we're not at the Dominion, so it's a different, yeah. you know, it's a different design. It's a new design. Okay. We love that. That was very special. But it was, I mean, the money's... You know, the whole tube platform kind of mm. moved forward. The Killer Queen's table went down. I mean, that was a scale of production that you couldn't really appreciate that I mean frankly it looked like less than it cost if you don't mind I mean it was fabulous but actually Mm -hmm. you can things have changed for a start I mean there's so much more technology with screens etc you can do so many different things Um, I mean I think the, the Coliseum show will look every bit as big but it doesn't, you know, we don't have an entire tube station moving around the stage. <laughs> we have a different, we have a very different, but it's it's a fabulous design and it, it's going to be genuinely done. It'll fill the Coliseum. As I as I said, when we first booked it, I said, I hope someone's told English Heritage that we're coming because we're about to blow the roof off a great one <laughs> and we will.
2: I'm just, I'm just curious. So is this just another chapter in the long book of We Will Rock You or, you know, is is where, where do you think we'll go from here?
4: I think all of us believe and i i think it will survive us i mean i i think we'll keep tinkering with it until we die and then we will eventually (laughs) die, and then that will be the one that gets in stone i mean that i think whatever we've done with it you know (laughs) when you know when we're pottering that will be the legacy will be (laughs) the sort of version that that will go down in history because i i would be surprised if there weren't revivals after we I mean, Queens, I mean, look, I'm not saying my book is particularly timeless, although it's set in the future. And it's, I think some of the gags will, will always work. And I think the satire about technology is getting more true every day. I mean, it was very prescient. It imagined a world where every single kid on the planet was locked into a corporate controlled little handheld entertainment device and getting piped music from a massive central computer. Now, that was what I imagined in 1999. That was eight years before the iPhone was. Yeah, yeah. And I was imagining a time when people would stop going to live gigs. Now, that hasn't happened, and I hope it never will. But it has sort of changed. People go to live gigs to sort of film them through their phones. It's a weird Mm. world. And um, so I don't think the themes will be, you know, go out of date in years to come. But what won't go out of date, what may get bigger and bigger, like Mozart or the Beatles, will be Queen's Songbook. I mean, Queen Songbook yeah. is Mozart, it's the Beatles, it's, yeah. it's, you know, one of the handful of canons that I think unarguably will become timeless classics. I mean, generational classics, I mean, mm. millennial classics that go century to century. I mean, I hope people don't think I'm overplaying it here, but I think You're not. we're mm. still listening to Mozart and Beethoven three or four hundred years later. I don't see any reason to imagine we won't be listening to Queen and the Beatles three or four hundred years yeah. later. I mean, it won't be. It won't be for every band, but I think it'll be for Queen. Um, yeah. And so I would love to think that, you know, long after I'm gone, We Will Rock You will be revived by some, you know, some feisty theater producer and it'll be reinvented and redesigned because the music will be as fresh as the day Freddie first sang it. So yeah, I know yeah. this is just another little step in the road for We Will Rock You, but it's going to be a bloody good one, on it, yeah. let me tell you now. <laughs>
2: That's amazing. So good.
1: You and your
0: I once had the great honour and privilege of getting to watch you in action and, and sit there in awe the while you made a show around me. We made a show together and um and in that show I got to meet and work with so many wonderful I got to meet and work with Brenda, uh Hannah Jane Fox, mm-hmm. yes, so I think I had works. the original Scaramouche, you know, who I had a terrible crush on. We had dear Michael <laughs> Falzon, you know, from Australia, all these amazing. The people.
4: Exactly. Look, just for your listeners, this is a sitcom I made, Ryan produced it called The Right Way a few years ago. Um a big funds that sort of, have, uh, you know, didn't particularly land, but we loved it and I still think it's great. Yeah, fun. But yeah you're yeah. so right. It was so connected with we We were, we were lucky. We I mean, this was a sitcom, but because as I say, I like cast people who can act comedy. And I didn't yeah. have them singing, but I had my first Scaramouche. She was in it. Hannah Jane Fox, Michael Files on the Australian Galileo, and Brenda the Killer Queen. Oh my yeah. goodness, I forgot
0: that. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. But at that mm. time, so obviously, anytime we weren't working, I would just be quietly going, "So what about Queen? Oh my God, this guy knows quick." <laughs> you know, and at that time, you guys were very secretly having a look at a project called "The Show Must Go On." Mm. Is there anything you can discuss about that? Because I know our listeners were just crazy about it, uh, or is that a no-go
4: area? Well, I think the sequel kind of was a beautiful dream. In the end, what I've done is I've sort of made Rock You itself its own sequel. Because when you come and see the show this time, you'll see that there's a very small element of change to the. the it's to say the organic development. I mean quite part of anything else we put some of the songs one of the reasons we wanted to do the sequel was because we we still had so many songs we had Shout yeah. go on <laughs> we, had, we had don't stop me now and god we could do a 10 show Yeah, millions um, breakthrough yeah and exactly. um, yeah. what we thought of started to do is kind of play with it in the original rock you instead so now i don't think we're going to do the sequel we had a lot of fun we had a lot of fun talking about it and you were around when we were really thinking about it yeah uh, but, um, certainly, it's very much off the table on the back burner because we are having so much fun with the original, and as of I course. say, we kind of keep reinventing that. So, you know, who knows? Maybe one day, yeah. Well, I'd have to, if we did do it again, I'd have to re- get in touch with Deke who I haven't seen in 22 years. But you know, he did bless We wow. Will Rock You. I had a meeting with him, he and he said, him? I've read it, I like it. He, he quoted a couple of lines, his favorite line was the one about the consumer race, he, he liked that. Uh, and um you know that was the last i well i did see him he came to the first night I, don't, I mean we just had a little wave at each other and that was the last i saw of him in 2002 and i've never had the slightest contact with him since he's like you know he's he's the sort of ghost member of queen but he's still out there and, uh, yeah, and i he always is. treasure that. I, I treasure the yeah. fact that uh, john deacon gave me a personal thumbs up me and jim jumped on a tube in the middle of rehearsals and we went across town and we had a meeting with John and, um, and yeah, he said, I like it. Don't mess it up, you know, get it, make it cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Brilliant. What yeah, I, I've met John Deacon have.
2: We haven't met John No Degan. one, no. That's, that's worth it alone, isn't it? <laughs> that's a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, ben, ben, so lovely to chat to you. Yeah. Thanks so yeah. much and for your time. Thank ben. you, for really appreciate
4: it. At all, my my pleasure. We will, we will it. Oh,
0: yeah! Wow! That smashed it, didn't it? <laughs> oh God, he's just that was. I was just flushing for the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Do you know what I mean? Because like the point I was trying to get to was there are jokes in that show that are for me as indelible as the songs
2: yes yeah
0: right if if after seven years i'm still chuckling at a tottenham court road joke Mm. that's that's as indelible a joke as any other piece of artistic expression you know he's (laughs) a genius
2: no no absolutely and just thing is what i love it because we were talking we were talking about the, the famous people that have been in we were You, like he's going to be in it. And Nigel yeah. Planer, who you know, for the UK audience, you know, was a huge comedy yes. star, one of the young but ones. That's never what it's been about. It's never been about casting famous people in those roles because the songs and the story are all that you need from that show. You of just course. need really good people delivering yeah. it, and that's what they do. They just find brilliant people to bring it to life
0: it was so interesting hearing him talk about his personal experience of working with Brian and Roger and it's exactly what I witnessed when I was lucky enough to work with you and Brian Um, and I think we've talked about it so much on the pod but that absolute pursuit of the best possible version of a thing if whenever they decide to do a thing it's going to be like the critics are (laughs) always going to hate it yeah, 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 it is okay. just going to be a massive commercial success and people are always like why and it's because they do care they care about the creative at every level They yeah. you know the fact that they're that the boys are feeling back on set design and costume and all this stuff like yeah that's proper you know and roger doesn't even like musicals <laughs> <laughs> It's not a musical,
2: it's a rock theatrical. It's different. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that was too much fun. That was such a privilege. Such a privilege. I think we've got time to play a game. Play the
1: game, play the game, play the game, play the game.
2: Sam, have you got one for us?
3: I do. We've got a question from Dwayne Moore. In keeping with We Will Rock You, the theme of today's episode. Dwayne's question is putting aside the brilliant musical by Suze Kempner, Emerald Barr, <laughs> uh, which all of us from Queen Pod will undoubtedly produce yeah. someday. Yeah. Yes. There was a workshop back in 2014 uh, in which both Brian and Ben Elton participated, which was meant to be the beginnings of a sequel to We Will Rock You. Mm. What songs do you think would have or should have be featured in that musical? Uh, assuming it would be mostly new songs that weren't necessarily featured in We Will Rock You. Bonus question, if you want to, what would the storyline be? (laughs) Would (laughs) it have anything to do with the
2: storyline (laughs) in the first um, musical? Right. Good question. I did go to that workshop. I did did sort of see a read of it. I do remember thinking, God, there are so many songs (laughs) that weren't in the original that they can now play with I mean there were 33 songs in the original <laughs> like, yeah it's a lot and I think the trouble is is there are some that would have to be in the sequel wouldn't there I mean you'd feel cheated if you went to see a Queen musical and you didn't get we will rock you or we are the champions sure. so I think there would be some there would be have to be some doubling up but yeah there are loads that you could put in now do you you remember if
3: any songs had been provisionally selected and what they might have been? Apart, yeah, the problem, no,
2: they were. They were on. all the songs. I'm, I'm trying to remember which ones they <laughs> were. It was nearly ten yeah, years ago now. Um, What's Dragon Attack in there? I can't remember. Invisible right. Man. I think the Invisible Man it would have might to be. Have, no, I think it might have been. It actually. must
1: have been. <laughs>
2: It's the new enemy. Yes. Um, the yeah. <laughs> no, actually, now that is, that is ringing a bell, but um, I could be mistaken.
0: Um, Maybe Galileo and Scaramouche are going through divorce proceedings.
2: Oh, okay. As, as, as a plot right. for the show.
0: Right. And Galileo's just starting to feel like Scaramouche just seems to see right through him these days. Right. Yeah. Like he's not even there.
2: But he's in her head, though. That's the thing, isn't he?
0: And uh, on a bed (laughs) I mean (laughs) that's that's the principle of relationships Yeah, Yeah. there you go and then it's core plot and the solution is you know
3: we've got to break through those troubles and that gets you break through in there well
0: done Sam yeah well done
2: yeah alright yeah and and when they split up it's an utter scandal (laughs) we're just going through the miracle basically (laughs) aren't
0: we (laughs) why don't you get us to answer this question before we spoke to Ben (laughs) yeah because then we could have helped him. Yes. I mean there's a whole heap of stuff. This, you know, all
2: the stuff off Made in Heaven was not yeah. in Yeah, too much level kill something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be good. I mean I think that's, that's Hitman. it will be good. Let's have
0: Hitman in there. Hitman would be ideal for a musical. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: I guess it's the stuff off Greatest Hits 2 and Greatest Hits 1 that wasn't used will form the brace of the show must yes. go on. And I would imagine... I mean, look, they don't have good old-fashioned Loverboy in I there yet. That. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, was Now I'm Here in there? I don't think it was. Now I'm Here wasn't there. Fat Bottom Girl, was, was, there was, I a, think little that was, there was a little bit. was there a little strain. Um, but, yeah, you could build up into that. Because it it was, was. they were doing all Don't Stop Me Now and somebody to love and stuff like that
2: i don't think save me was in there no nope, save me wasn't there that's a big one save, save.
0: come round as a discussion, uh, because obviously the show's coming back this year. Yes. Period. Yep. Um, and when that happens, is there ever a little? Shall we look at doing a sequel?
2: I, I think it's sort of it's there. Yeah. It's. I think. It's what can of... I do to catalyse that?
0: How can I help? I don't. I don't know. Shall I get my
2: sister to write a letter? <laughs> 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 They're very effective, so it could it could it, that could be the missing ingredient. Mm. Well, that was a great question. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, well I don't think it. we did it any justice at all because um, <laughs> basically we're saying there are a lot of songs. Yeah, um, but yeah, keep those questions coming,
0: Dwayne. Let's have some more. Yes, yeah. Queenpod at the Queenpodcast Send
3: us your emails uh, if you want to hear your voice. Send us a voice recording. Yeah, that answer, would be nice. Asking your question as well because his name is Dwayne Moore.
4: I was in more Sorry. okay.
3: I thought you were just doing a really nice sequence. <laughs> I always forget to do.
2: <laughs> and on, on that note, shambles. thank you very much for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next time. Uh, all that remains me to say, thank you, producer Sam. Thank you, Ro Yeah, and we'll see you soon. Bye.
3: This has been the Queen Pod, a Seven Seas Films production. Edited and produced by me, Sam Easton. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay in touch by emailing QueenPod at thequeenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.